Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Wisdom Seekers class. My name is Cece Collins, and I'm your teacher for today. And I want to share with you how I came up with my message for today. A few months ago, uh, the Lord had woke me up one morning, and he had given me these few little words, and they were the water and the wine. And at the time, I didn't realize what those words were going to do to my life and how they were going to affect me. Um, I have been standing now for a, a, a great number of years, let me add, um, for a miracle. And, you know, I felt that maybe that could be then, it could have been that. But lo and behold, I, I didn't realize that Winfrey and I were going to be going through a struggle in our life. So I didn't realize that morning what it meant. You know, often the Lord wakes us up. You know, when we wake up, there's words in our in our head, or he wake up up in the middle of the night. But the Lord uses me a lot in the morning um, and speaks to me, you know, with different things when I wake up. And I always try to jot them down, especially if I feel like they're significant. And um, because I don't know, you know, how the Lord is going to use me, in, in, you know, in going forward. Sometimes, you know, it's a it's a word that the Lord wants me to, you know, jot down in the in the journal that I that I keep for the prophetic words that he's given me. Anyway, and, and I keep words too, you know, piled up and, and I write them down because I never know if the Lord's going to want me to use them in my teaching, you know. So I'm always, I always try to stay, you know, one step ahead of the game and prepared. So I didn't know. And at the time, I never had any intention of using the, that phrase, the water and the wine. Uh, and it was actually, um, the, the phrase had come to me before I had taught last, last time, but I had already uh, had a message prepared that the Lord had given me, and I knew it wasn't for that season right then. So so I wrote the, the words down, and I can remember it was a Saturday morning. I wrote the words down, and, um, and I put them in my Bible, because that's why I try to keep the little things that I jot down. And, um, and I went about my day, my busy day of Saturdays, cleaning house, you know, cooking, and and doing all the things that we love to do. And, um, and, and, you know, periodically, you know, those words would come into my mind over and over again, you know, and I would, I would contemplate on them, and then i put them back inside of my spirit, and i contemplate them on them, and not realizing, you know, what they were going to mean to me. But when it came time to teach this time, I knew that the Lord had, had prepared me uh, way ahead of what he wanted me to share. And I have heard um, many, many times from Pastor that um, the phrase here, we all want a miracle, we just don't want to be in a position to need one. Amen? So when it came time for me to teach, uh, um, I knew that the Lord wanted me to share my testimony. Our, our testimony but none of us want any trouble in our life when we you know we always want our lives to go smoothly and no problems at all of course that's would be the the beauty of life but we know that it doesn't work out that way right but in order to see God's mighty hand move in in um, in our life we have to go through some stuff don't we so as most of you know my husband Winford suffered suffered a stroke in August and it actually happened on the, la the night, the, the last time I taught that night when we went home, he suffered that stroke. And um, God has done a miraculous work in restoring him in a really very short time. And I want to tell you that the words from First Saturday are very, very powerful. And I want to encourage you to listen to them and don't take them lightly. Because during this season, at, right after Winford's stroke, it was in August, these words came through um, from first Saturday. And one of the words was, it was for us to speak to the body part um, that we have inside of our body that's not operating correctly. So when I heard the, the words, when I read the words from first Saturday, I knew that that was for Winford. And so the next time that I was able to go see him in the rehab center, I shared with him. And we prayed over those words, and we, we declared them, and we spoke over them. Uh, because at the time, his right arm and his right leg were not functioning. And um, 
and he was in a wheelchair and he wasn't able to get around on his own and so we we had communion that day i took i took you know we had crackers and of course i took what we had it wasn't it wasn't a grape juice or anything but it doesn't matter you know it really doesn't matter what you use. It doesn't have to be grape juice, or it doesn't have to be the product. It, it's the act of you just performing it before the Lord. And so um, I had spent um, every weekend with him there while he was in rehab, and so we would have church together. And so after we had our service, um, after the service went off, um, I shared the testimony with him about what I had read on first Saturday, and I felt like that it was for him. And I, and I encouraged him that he needed to speak to those body parts that weren't operating correctly. And we, we prayed together and we had communion. And then, um, and then I went home. And it wasn't a miraculous healing. And, miraculous, and, and miracles don't always happen miraculously. Many of them do. I mean, they're like miraculous healing. But sometimes it's progressive. And in Winford's case, it's been this way. It has taken him a few months. But stand up, honey. He is cane free. He has gained all his function back. He's been released from all of his doctors. All the doctors have released him. He's only now at this point in one day of physical therapy. And then he goes another day for the, for the wellness program. But it's been, but it's been a miraculous healing. You know, it's taken, it's taken a, a little bit of time, but you know, they, I was preparing for the worst. I will be honest with you. I mean, I had already begun to plan. Monica knows. Um, my sister and, and um, Kathy, we got my dad's wheelchair. She brought it to me. We, we really thought we were going to need it. I mean, because we didn't know what we were up against. You can sit down, honey. <laughs> Show us what you really got, man. <laughs> But anyway, we, I was really in my heart preparing for the worst. And I mean, it's not that I didn't have faith. It's just that I was realistic, you know. I realized, you know, where I was at this point in time in my life. And I was going to accept whatever it was that God had for me. And um, because, you know, when you live with somebody and they go through something, you go through it too, you know. It's not just the person going through it. When you have a spouse, you go through what that spouse is going to as well. And Monica, I want to tell you that I've heard that you've had some issues, you know, and I'm standing with you for your healing as well. And I know that Les is going with you, going through this battle with you just as, just as you're going through it. You know, your spouse goes through it with you as well. So, so any, I didn't want to make this message totally about Winford, and it's really not. It's about the miracles of Jesus. But all through the time, uh, during this time when Winfrey was in rehab, and he was, he was in there for about three weeks, um, the staff continued to reassure me that, you know, he was doing great. He was doing great. And, and when he first came home, he was very weak and feeble. But God began to restore him very quickly. And as I said, you know, three months ago today, three months ago, you cannot even tell that he's had any kind of problem in his life. So... So today we're going to look at the several mir seven miracles of Jesus as recorded by John. And then we're going to end with the greatest miracle of all. So, Christ turns water into wine. And these are very familiar scriptures, and we all know of the miracles of Jesus. But, you know, I really felt impressed to share this uh, with y'all because today, because there's been a lot spoken uh, through our network and, and that messages that's come out of this house of the things that God's going to do and the things that, um, that we have not even seen what he's going to do. Miraculous. And they're not all going to be healing. There are going to be miraculous provisions in many, many ways. And all, and all of us have walked through that. We've all seen in this season of the last few years of how God has miraculously restored so many things that, that has been the enemy thought he was going to take from us. Um, so, so we're going to start here in John 2, 1 through 11. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. 
and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And, that, and when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saying unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Verse 5. His mother saith unto, uh, unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto, uh, unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith after the manner of the, uh, Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out nigh, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast call, called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then they which is worst, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles, this is uh, our word, Samion, and it means a supernatural sign, a token, or a wonder, did Jesus and Gal uh, Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. And this was the very first miracle that um, Jesus performed. And this uh, phrase, my hour has not yet come, this is concerning his main reason for coming was to die on the cross. And he was... And, and for it wasn't his time to start showcasing the things that he was sent here for. And Mary just overlooked what he had said because she knew the capability he had. And we do know, we know that as well, don't we? The capabil capability, don't we? But she knew the capability of what he, had, what he could do, and she just ignored what he said, and she said, and she gave the servants orders to do what he had said. Miracles are uh, the explosive power of God for a situation. And as I said earlier, it may happen immediately or it could be a, a, a progression. But they both reveal the hand of God on a situation. The power of God flows from his throne in juncture points on the continental or regional level. The end result is the power of God restoring fruitfulness and meaning to the lives of people and places and I got that phrase out of line upon line and I really I love that book it's been such a blessing and we are standing and we're believing God for uh, for many things you know we're believing as a network we're believing for, for the nations for miraculous power to be led for us to lead us to where we where the Lord wants us to go I know right now we're 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 believing the Lord for breakthrough just to be able to go, you know. We're preparing. I know Pastor's preparing. He's, he's, uh, he's got, you know, stuff he's doing. You know, never stop working. I know you didn't, Pastor. But I know that your heart and Monica's heart is to get back out in the field, right? To get back out. And, um, and we're just waiting for that season when God says go. Here in the scripture that I read, the water represents uh, eternal life. And we know that Jesus is, is the one, the water of life. So our next scripture is, um, he departs into Galilee and heals the uh, ruler's son who laid sick at uh, Capernaum. And I apologize, I have a typographical error there. I forgot my T. Um, the verse uh, John uh, 4, 4, 46 through 54. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor. And our honor here is that word time. And it means esteem, especially in the highest form, a uh, or dignity in itself. He has no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he had did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again unto Canaan of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Galilee into, uh, out of Judea into Galilee, 
he went unto him and besought him that he uh, would come down and heal his son. And this word heal is eomoni. Thank you. It means to cure and to make whole. For he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, uh, my child, ere my child die. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, Thy son liveth. Verse 52, They inquired he, then inquired he of them the hour which he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This again, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of uh, Judea into Galilee. And this is our word, Samion, and it means a supernatural sign or a token of wonder. Here in the scripture, word was beginning to spread about the miracles at Canaan. More and more people were realizing the work that Jesus did in Galilee, in Galilee that Jesus performed his second miracle. All it required was belief that Jesus could heal his son. And also passion played a role to see his son healed. You know, when we, when we, are, when we are wanting a miracle or needing one or know someone that is, you know, it requires passion. It requires that desire deep inside of our heart to see something, something performed that we know God can do. Um, and it also required that in that man. He, he knew. He just had, he knew that what Jesus had capability of doing. And he wanted that same thing done for his son. And the word uh, here, uh, time, or honor, speaks of an adherence to proper timing and patience in carrying out a needful deed. The word um, heal means to cure or to cause to function properly. It truly embodies the spirit of what God intends to accomplish through healing. Its aim is found in equipping and aligning the person to their divinely intended identity and role. And I got the, uh, that quote out of uh, Pastor's book, Wholeness. You know, we are uh, uh, speaking about uh, miracles, um, you know. Th- uh, we just have to be in the time of the Lord to see something performed, you know, something happen. But we never stay, we never, we never quit staying ready uh, to to see that thing, that thing that we desire to for God to do. And then a lot of things are just immediately, we don't even expect them. Uh, moving forward, uh, Christ on the Sabbath day cures a man who was diseased thirty eight years. John five one to fifteen. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep uh, market a pool, which is is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent, and this is astaneo. It means to be feeble in any sense, to be diseased, to be sick, be made weak. These were impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then, first after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole. And uh, this is our word, uh, hogia, hogi, hogis, meaning healthy, well. It means uh, healthy, well in body. Or it also means healthy and well in doctrine, in sound. So when a person is made whole, that means they are made whole in, in every part of their body. Uh, you know, in their body and in their spirit, in doctrine, in the things that they put in their spirit. said, of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. 
When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Verse 7, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put into the pool, but while I am coming, another step down before me. And Jesus said, and Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Verse 9, And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to take, uh, take up thy bed and walk, to carry thy bed. And he answered them, And he, had, uh, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Verse 12, Then saith uh, they him, What man is that which saith unto thee, <coughs> Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed uh, wist not who it was, for Jesus had, uh, had conveyed himself away, a multitude, a multitude being in that place. So afterwards Jesus found him in the temple, and he said, Behold, be art thou whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. The term here, uh, impotent, or asteneo, means to lack strength or capability both in body or in mental capacity. This man had a desire to be, to be healed. He just didn't know how to receive it. The Jews wanted to focus on the fact that the, uh, the man was carrying his bed on the Sabbath and not the miracle of healing. And how often in our life do we focus on the wrong thing and not the plan of God for that situation? You know, we have to be very careful about that. When Jesus appeared to the man, he had told him to sin no more. At least a worse thing would come upon him. So what was it that caused the man to be diseased? Uh, the scripture doesn't say. It does infer that a man may have, uh, that the man may have caused something, you know, to come upon him, something in his life to cause that to happen. Well, you know, we don't know. The focus is upon, uh, the focus is upon the restoration and the proper function. Jesus basically asked the man if he wanted to be able to function in a way characteristic with wholeness and fruitfulness. So how often do we step back into our own messes? You know? How often do we do that? And how often do we cause, you know, things to happen in our life that we, we get out of alignment with God? You know, just we, we need to just pray that we stay in alignment with the Father and His will. And that we don't cause things to come into our life, you know, because we can. We can, we can get out of alignment with the Lord, and we can, we can bring things upon our life, you know, not, not really purposely wanting. Of course, no one wants to go through things. But, um, you know, back to the situation with Winford, um, you know, a lot of his issues with his health has is, is been his diet all these years. And we have to be very, very careful, you know. I know I heard Debbie testify. Debbie? She just testified the other day about um, what God has done for her in, um, in restoring her body back to health. You know, we have, to, we have to be very careful about what we do with our body and the things that we put into it because it eventually will, will affect us when we get older. Of course, when you're young and, and vibrant, when we're young and we're vibrant, uh, we don't really concerned about that, right? But after you've had the damage and it's already in your body, what, what you know? How do you, how do you change that? So that was just a little plug. That was just a little plug. I didn't plan on saying that, but I felt like it, it fell into the the proper place that um, of uh, this scripture was. Stacy. Well, I was when you were saying that sometimes the Lord will speak when you hear something spoke, you know, taught a certain way or whatever. But you know, it it comes to mind for me that. People usually think that God is punishing them when they get out of alignment and that something happens. And the way I sort of see it is that what happens is something that is supposed to bring you back into alignment. It's, it's like when your body, you have nerve endings to tell you when something's up. If you didn't have nerve endings, you would keep your hand in the fire or you would keep walking on a broken ankle because there wouldn't be any, any pain. So pain is really there to direct you to you know, take care of the thing that's not right. And things in life that happen that are challenges, 
I think that God uses those to direct us back to the right path because if there was no consequence, then you may not recognize that you're on the wrong path. So people need you know, the perspective of seeing those things in your life. If you have the right perspective, you can use it as a directional tool. And even when you read in the Old Testament, and he, you know, he would say things happen, uh, happening to the children of Israel, or they would have this plight, or one thing or another, and he'd say, and they still wouldn't turn back to me, and they still didn't turn back to me. This happened, and they still didn't turn back to me. And really, those things were designed to get them to look back to him for their resource, for their, you know, for their, their livelihood, and you know, to serve him. So all these things that happen in our lives are always there to direct us back to that point of alignment that you were talking about. So I just think that's that's a really cool um, perspective, on, you know, on this what you were just teaching on. I really appreciate that too. And 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 um, and Stacy, you are so right because God will give us warning signs in our life, you know. Um, and I will have to say um, back to Wimpern, he has had several warning signs in this progression of his life. He has. Warning, warning. He has, he has. And I'll just say, you know, he's had several warning signs throughout. And, and I have, you know, been trying to work with him for years. <laughs> but I believe he's got it because he's where he's supposed to be now with his diet and his exercise. And a lot of things that he was, you know, doing, he, he, he has changed that. But, you know, we all, I mean, we all have warning signs. I mean, they're, you know, I battle. Um, it's hard to be Exhibit A sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's truthful. I, and, and, I mean, I've had warning signs in my own life. I, have, I, I suffer an affliction. Uh, you know, I have back issues, and I have to be careful about the things that I do. And when I overdo it, do things that I'm not supposed to, then I pay the price, you know? Then I have uh, these leg pains, these back pains, and all these kind of things. So, you know, it, it goes along in every area of our life. You know, our spiritual life, too. If we don't spend enough time with God before the Father, then how can we hear from Him? And how can we understand His Word? How can we comprehend what the, what the Father is saying forth from this house? If we don't spend that time with the Lord, how can, how can we know? And how can it resonate in our spirit? And how can we be used of the Lord if we don't, you know? It's not just physical. It's spiritual. You know, we have to stay in that right alignment in every area of our life. And, and God will give you warning signs in that area too, you know, if you'll listen, if you'll heed the advice of the Father. He will give you warning signs in that, in that avenue as well. Do I have any other comments this morning? As I move forward. Moving on uh, the, to the next scripture, it says, Christ feeds 5,000 men with five loaves and two fishes. John 6, 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus went over the sea, uh, over the sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of uh, Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they had saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up unto the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of Jesus, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto him, Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for that he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, uh, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus, Jesus saying, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, and so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, and this is our word, Eucharistio, and it means to be grateful, to express gratitude towards something, especially to say grace at a meal or to give thanks. He distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise all the fish as much as they would. Verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remain over 
and above unto them that they had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen a miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And truth here is our word, alethos. And it means truly, indeed, surely of a surety, very much. So it, no doubt, actually, is what it means. There's no, there's no question, there's no doubt that they knew that this was Jesus who, who, who had uh, come into the world. So this miracle is the only one recorded in the four Gospels of uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Jesus blessed the meal or gave thanks or Eucharistio, meaning the commitment and the pursuit of God's perfect will through a path of grace. It is a table of grace set before us, coupled with the purpose of God. When feeding the 5,000, Jesus gave thanks before uh, the food was multiplied. And our word truth uh, refers to something that is no longer hidden. And I got that out of line upon line. Jesus was being revealed to the people, and they were realizing that he was the prophet that they were waiting on, that they had been waiting for. And as we spoke earlier, Jesus will reveal himself to you. God will reveal himself to you if you have a voice, if you, if you have um, your ears open and willing to hear what he's speaking forth. Our next scripture is Jesus walks on water. This is in John 6, 15 through 27. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come, uh, would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone, and when even was now come, his disciples went down into the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was now come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had roared about five and twenty or thirty furloughs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received, unto, uh, into the, uh, received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. The day following, when the men which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one uh, wherein to his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Verse 23, Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias and nigh unto the place where they did eat bread. After that the Lord had given thanks, and this is our word, Eucharistio. Says, When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus and when they had found him on the other side of the ship they saith unto him Rabbi whence comest thou hither and Jesus answered them and said verily verily I say unto you you seek me not because you saw the miracles but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled verse 27 labor not for the meat which perish for he that for uh, for that but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life when the son of man shall give unto you for him hath god the father sealed so our lives are sealed in the father you know the scripture says that here so our goal is to seek god for who he is and not what he can do for us so I never dreamed that I would have experienced a miracle in Winford's total restoration. It has been prophesied over and over again from this house that God was going to be performing miracles and doing miracles of healing. And I want to just assure you that we have not experienced all that God is going to do in and through us. Amen. The Father has, has much more planned. Amen. And we just need to believe. Thank you, you, know, I've, uh, you know, I've heard uh, Monica... Uh, Terrell testify on many times about um, uh, communion and how she breaks bread with the Father and, and it's just a time of, of giving thanks and uh, gratitude toward what God is going to do and just a time of, of hearing a fresh word from the Father and you know that needs to be a daily pattern that we do you know 
often throughout our life, um, not just when we, when we need something or when we wanting God to, to do something special in our life, do we do that or not just once a month? You know, it should be something that we, we cherish, that time that we can spend before him and seeking his face and just hearing that fresh word. Amen. Amen. Do I have any comments? Anyone have any comments? Our next part is the man who was blind, born blind, is restored to sight. And this is in John 9, 1 through 12. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did this sin? Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest unto him. I must work the work of him that sent me, while it is day, and the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the of Shalom, Salom, which is interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before him, before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this the uh, that sat and begged? And some said, This is he. And others said, He is like him, but is he he? I am he, he says. Therefore saith they unto him, How were thy eyes open? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto him, Go to the pool, Salome, and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. So some miracles are, for, uh, some miracles Some of the miracles that, um, all of the miracles are for, to showcase the Lord. But some, some things in our, that happen into our life for people that we know are not all for, um, because there's something wrong with a situation. Like a parent or, or, or a person that uh, has a, you know, an illness or something in their body. But some, some miracles are for the works of God to be manifested. And, you know, our family, you know, we are, and I know you as well, we are praying for um, my great-niece, little Lila Jean. And I know that God's going to do work in her heart. He's going to manifest that, that work in his heart. And that, that is going to be for the showcase of God's glory Amen. and for all to see the, the power and the glory of God, that that child will live and she will grow up to be an adult and she will function according to what God has called her to function in. And I and I and I'm believing that I'm standing upon it, and it's going to be for God's miracle showcase of glory upon her life. And some things, you know, we have to go through, or people have to go through, so God can be manifested, and and people can see the great power and the work of the Lord in in a in a person's life or the situation. And I have been praying. Um, And I have also been praying for someone. I told the Lord I wasn't going to do this. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been praying for somebody that has been uh, has had an affliction for 20 years. And I know the Lord can do it. That's right. And I know he can do it just like he did for the blind man and for all these other healings that I'm speaking about today. Because God has the power to do it. You know, Cece, 
it, it's interesting the various ways that the Spirit works the miraculous in the Scripture, and they they they're they're carefully orchestrated by by the Spirit. Um, like, for instance, you know we know that a majority of the miracles in the New Testament are characterized as the dunamis or the explosiveness, um, but these ones were signs, and a sign is something that should direct people. And God, God carefully um, structures his pathway so that some of these things happen in a way that people will see, and it has more effect than if somebody was as wonderful as it is, just free immediately like the water and the wine. Jesus could have made all those pots full of water and then made them full of wine. But he made those people go through all that process of filling that water and then the wine happened. And even, you know, you, you look at those things. So sometimes you see people immediately set free. Sometimes, like the guy who sat at the big beautiful I mean, he he sat there all during the time Jesus was ministering on earth. He sat there during the time Jesus, at 12 years old, was in Jerusalem, separated from his parents. And but but God caused that guy to wait until Peter and John went up to the temple to pray after Christ had ascended into heaven. Why didn't Jesus just do it? You know. He passed the guy by, I don't know how many times. I don't know, but I know that it was more than once, probably. So you're talking about this wonderful miracle that that Winford and you experienced, and I'm so grateful for that. I mean, we all are. It's, it's, just, it's just an astounding thing that in that amount of time, of course, now it happened... The, n the night of the last time you taught, so you better watch out tonight. <laughs> uh, who knows what God will do? But, you know, there are other people that we continue to agree with, like this person that you've been praying for for 20 years, other people in this room that we love dearly, and we we want to see a similar or, or well, a similar restoration. And, and I don't doubt God, uh, it, when when they're set free in the natural, it's going to be a, a, a sign in a different way than what happened with Winford. But we've got to be able to discern those signs and discern from what God is allowing to happen and how he's showing it, how it can best, because a sign is for other people. You know, some dude on Central Expressway hung a sign 10 years ago. And, but it's for me, you know? And when I see that sign, it shows me where to go. And I, I believe that what you're testifying today and the people that are hearing this in this room and, and throughout the world through the, the Internet, um, somebody's going to hear this, and it's going to stir faith and in some way, they're going to gain a burst of the Spirit because they believe. And, and that sign is going to happen. We, you know, we, I, I think, if, if I'm just being human here, we want the dunamis. You know, I, I, I don't want to have to mess with the long-standing, let's wait, see how, the, I, I don't want to have to walk down and, and after it gets spit in my eye, which you would think that you would think that spit from the divine son of God would have done the work right there, wouldn't you? <laughs> must not be his spit. Must be I'm blind. Somebody else must have spit. Um, you swapping spit here? Um, but, but you know the thing is, is that he had to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And why did God do that? I mean, the Lord was there. It was his saliva, which is his DNA structure. And but the guy had to go and do that. 
and um, he needed help along the way. How do I get there? Okay, now I need to get, I don't want to fall in. You know, I, <laughs> help me to get some water out of here. Show me where it is. And that sign still ministers to us today. But why does God do it that way? Why isn't it just a boom, which he does at lots of times? So I pray that God will give us the ability to discern whether it's going to be a, a sign, a Semaean, or whether it's going to be a dunamis, or whether it's going to be a wonder that just occurs in a way that <coughs> generates crowd momentum, where people are wondering, how in the world did that happen? What? And, and there's a difference between a wonder and a sign, because a wonder seems to do more to captivate like, a, like an atom bomb of discussion, and people just keep talking about it. You know, people will talk about a sign, but, you know, I've, we've seen this in travel and in ministry. God will do a great work. It's great. Everybody rejoices. God will do something really odd, and people see it, and it's, it's an amazing thing. But then a wonder comes. Usually wonders that seem to happen <clears throat> where it touches a nerve of the people, where it's, where it's a cross-section, and, and it happens, and it gets everybody talking. They've all felt it in some way. But today, this, this word is a timely word. And we see with our own eyes something that we believe for. And, um, but what is this going to trigger in the spirit realm right now? What is this going to trigger? You know, we talked last week about the wells of healing opening. And the week before, we, we saw activations around the sanctuary during the worship time. Um, well, what this is a continuation of that, and so whoever it is that needs something in this room, God loves you. Same God who has worked this miracle is doing a work in your life, and I pray that it's fulfilled totally today. In God's eyes, it is. But um, anyway, I didn't mean to take over your class. Here. Well, I appreciate that, Pastor, though, because you know I've had this message uh, burning in my heart for a while, and you know and and. It, like you said, it is timely because of the things that we've seen manifest the last few weeks. It just falls right into it. But, uh, you know, you're right. And, and, and what you spoke about a few minutes ago as well about, um, you know, why did those things happen? Why did he, you know, uh, Jesus, you know, make that clay and put spit on the guy's eye, but then still make him go do something? You know, we, we often have to be involved in what God wants to do. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's a proactive thing with the Father. You know, we just don't stay idle and see God just you know do things. We have to be proactive with it. You know, there's to, we have to do things too to, you know, we have to have the heart ready to receive that. You know, yeah. as well. Um, Thank you. Dennis? I've been thinking about this verse you read before, John six twenty six, on page three. And Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, and say to you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God uh, the Father sealed. And it's, it's very difficult for us to figure both of these things out, why things happen mm -hmm. all of a sudden and why they don't. Um, and, and I think what what impressed me here is that I believe God was, uh, Jesus was speaking about that this spiritual experience is not just so that you can have an easier life. It's not just because you want your belly filled. It's not because something will happen that you haven't earned. It's not for any of those things. He's looking for the walk. He's looking for the partnership, for the faithfulness, for the, for the life of dedication, and all of those things. And the decisions that he makes in regards to this fast and slower, I believe have a lot to do with that. And that means that it's going to be 
specific and customized to every individual, yeah. not just the same for everybody. It's not a one-size-fits-all, is it? Mm -hmm. And his decision is his decision, and which means that we have to have faith in things we don't understand. Why does it happen over time? Why does it not happen at all? Why is it an instant miracle? And all of that has to do with faith, which is the hardest part of how we live, is faith in things not seen. And, and mixing that with hope, and am I looking for an easy way out and go about my life, or am I looking to follow him for a period of, you know, for the rest of my life? And uh, the balance is it's something we may never understand uh, in this life. And uh, anyway, it's... Well, you're so uh, right, Dennis, and in speaking about that, you know, it's been really, um, really hard on our family, and I know on Monica and, and Michael and Michelle when the baby was born with her heart defect that she had, Lila, you know, it was really unbelievable, just really unbelievable that, you know, we hear about these things with people, you know, babies being born with problems and defects and different, but you never think it's going to happen to you, you know? You never start off in the journey of, of planning for something like that to happen. And it's been really devastating. And, um, and But I know God's going to do work. And I know that this is going to be a work unto him, um, the miracle that's going to, you know, of, of her life and how she's going to, you know, progress in, in, in her life and the things that God's going to allow her to, um, to go through. It's going to be, um, and like Nina says, you know, none of us plan for these things in our life. We don't set out to have these kind of problems. But we know that God is going to be with each one of us. And we do question sometimes, you know, why them? I mean, such a beautiful young couple, you know, they both love the Lord and they have everything going for them. But now this has happened. You know, we don't know why. We don't know why. But we, we cannot never quit having faith to believe that God is going to do a work in that situation. God is going to perform uh, a miracle in the, her life that all is going to be in awe over. And there has to be something to happen in order for us to see those kind of works. In, to, to be, I mean, if everything was perfect and we all lived happy and there was no problems, then we wouldn't we wouldn't have anything to be in awe about. I mean, you know, we have to, God, God's glory is going to shine in the things that we go through. I just wanted to add that. I appreciate that, Dennis. That was a great word. There's a very long extended passage here in Lazarus, and we all know the story. And I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but I did put them there for y'all to read. And, and I know that all of y'all know the story about Lazarus, where Christ lay, uh, rose Lazarus from the dead after four days uh, after, he, uh, after he was buried. And Jesus says here in this scripture that, you know, these things happened so he could be glorified. You know, Lazarus' death. And he waited. He knew Lazarus had died. And he could have spoken that word, right away when he heard the fact that Lazarus had died. I mean, Lazarus, he loved Lazarus, you know. And um, God could have spoken that word. He didn't have to wait several days before he went. He didn't have to wait until he'd been buried four days and then rose. And, um, but he, and he could have done that immediately, but he did that to, you know, another thing that, uh, like Pastor was saying, you know, to showcase God's glory for a situation. And another thing, it was for the belief of the people there because many of them still doubted I mean they had already walked with Jesus and seen all the wonderful things that he had done in performing the, the great works um, in his life and then they still they still believed that he had to be there in order for that to happen you know and and he doesn't have to be there you know God can do anything whenever he wants to do it and here in, I want to point out too in, in uh, part of this uh, verses, he got a little annoyed with them because, you know, he was still seeing where their faith wasn't where it needed to be. And, you know, he got a little perturbed. 
It says, verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, came into the grave, and it was a cave, and a, the stone was there. And Jesus commanded them to take away the stone. But there was two times in this in this uh, lower ver uh, passages that you know, Jesus felt a little perturbed because the people didn't believe. In verse 30, it says, Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when um, they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto, the, unto his feet, uh, unto the grave, to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell uh, at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore, uh, therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews uh, also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. He was groaned in his spirit and was troubled because, because they, did, they did not believe. You know, they, they still had doubt in their heart that what he could do. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And in verse 36, then said the Jews, behold, behold how he loved them. Because in verse 35, it said that Jesus wept. And some of them uh, could, uh, said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? See, they were doubting in their, in their, in their spirit. And, the, and Jesus, therefore, again groaning again, cometh to the grave. And it was a cave, and the stone laid, and he said, take away the stone. So, I mean, they, they, those that have walked with uh, Jesus, they still doubted. And Lazarus was another miracle to showcase God's glory in the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus thanked his father for hearing his prayer. We must never forget that our father hears all of the prayers that we pray. You know, he does not have a deaf voice. His work is in his timing, and it's not ours. But our job is just to stay in that, in that place of belief that he can do it. Amen? So I'm, I'm going to close with the greatest miracle of all, and this is Christ's resurrection, is declared by an angel to Mary, to the, to the woman. Excuse me. In Matthew 28, 1 through 20. In the, end, uh, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and, his, and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his remnant white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and began as and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And verse seven, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and they held him by the feet and they worshipped. They proskuneoed before him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell thy brethren that they go into Galilee and, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the, uh, some of the watch came into the city and uh, showed unto the chief uh, priests all the things that, that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, uh, saying Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole them away while, he, while we slept. And if this came to, uh, to the governor's ears, and we will pursue him and secure him. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, unto a mountain where Jesus was appointed there. 
And when they saw him, they worshipped him. They proskuneoed him, but some still doubted. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So this is the greatest miracle of all. It's Christ's resurrection from the dead. And this is our commission. And this is what God has called this network to do. To go ye into all the world and preach the kingdom of God to all nations. There is truly nothing we can't accomplish with God on our side. And we just need to believe. And I have heard testimony come from this house now. How God is answering prayers and the manifestations that he has performed. And we continue to experience those great works from God in our lives. We, you know, we are a season, just in a season of blessing before the Lord. And we just need to be faithful to our calling as a son. Amen. So that concludes my message. Does anyone have any comments they would like to add before we close? I know these were long, extended passages. But I felt like it was a timely message uh, from the Father for us today. Oh, okay. Oh, man. I'm just closed in. Thank you.